And so uh, Luke chapter 2, and we know this, this chapter very well, right? We, we read this every year. This is the, the birth uh, of Jesus Christ. Um, but we're going to be in verse 8. Last week we talked about Mary and talked about saying yes to the Lord, having the faith to say yes to the Lord when it seems impossible and when it seems like it may cost you something, saying yes to the Lord always pays dividends because his way is always better than my way. Amen? All right, good. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and, uh, and, and, I, and I'm not intention, intentionally jumping over Joseph's story, but this is where I, the Lord landed me, is Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And we're going to be talking primarily about the shepherds today and uh, in this story. And so, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, if you got it, say, I got it. All right, good. It says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, And and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were uh, filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Everyone say, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for what, what kind of people? What kind of people is that? Uh, that means the homeless people in Bloomington. That means the rich people in Bloomington. And that means all colors, all creed. If you are a person, this is for you. Look at this. Verse 11 says this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is what? Christ the Lord. Verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with them the angel uh, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, look at this, verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with those he is pleased. And so uh, we thank you for the reading of the, of, of the word of God today. Today I want to speak to you on this, good news and great joy. Everyone say good news and great joy. Good news and great joy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word. God, I, I, I'm just grateful, Lord, that it changes our hearts, Lord, that it moves within us. God, you've given us such great joy, God, that can only come from you. It, there's no other source of joy than you. And so, God, we lean into that today. God, we lean into this thing, this good news, Lord, that brings great joy And God, I pray, Lord, that lives would be changed today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. So uh, there was a a third century man was near his death, and he penned these last words to a friend. And this is interesting. I found this super interesting, and this is from uh, Gary Holt's sermon, The Joy of Being a Christian at Christmas. All right? The Joy of Being a, a Christian at Christmas. He said this, it's a bad world an incredibly bad world. How many can relate to that? All right. But I have discovered in the midst of a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. Can anyone say amen to that? They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. 
these people are the Christians, and I am one of them. Amen? All right. I love that. How many likes, how many of you love good news? How many love to get some good news, you know? Uh, love to hear some great news. Uh, I love it when someone calls me. As a matter of fact, I had a friend call me, um, I don't know, probably a couple years ago. He called me and he said, man, I've got some great news. And I said, what's going on? And he said, somebody gave me a car. And I was like, that is great news. And I was ecstatic for him. I was glad. How many would like to receive a car? You get a car, you get a car, you get a car, right? And, and if you got a car, if I said everybody in here gets a car, everyone would be ecstatic in this house, right? All right. I didn't tell you they were, they were Hot Wheels. No. Um, but, but here's the thing. I, I love to get good news, and, and, and good news can bring happiness, right? When we get some good news, man, it can make us happy. This week uh, we've got some good news. Tristan uh, got, got some good news on some things with her work, and I was just, I was just like, thank you, Lord, for, for this good news. And, 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 but here's the thing. Good news comes from uh, it can get, bring happiness, and happy is something that we like, but happiness is based on things happening. Something has to happen for us to be happy, right? You get a, you get a raise at your job. I'm happy, right? Amen. You get, you get uh, moved up in your job. I'm happy, amen, like, or whatever the case. Uh, I don't know. Your kids clean your room. I'm happy, right? There are miracles. But here's the thing about happenings. Happenings happen and and the same thing that can make you happy can also bring you down. You get a raise at your job. That makes me happy. The next day they come in and say, hey, we're cutting people loose, and you're one of them. So the very thing that brought you up can also bring you down when, it, when it's based on, ha- on hap- happenings or happiness. And as a believer, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? And here's the thing. There's no magic in Christmas it is called the joy of Christmas. That's what it is. We always say, oh, it's just the most magical time of the year. It's not magical. It's the joy of the Lord because Christ came. And here's the, here's the deal. It stems from this one thing. And as believers, we know this is the fact that Jesus came. He lived a humble, sinless life. He died for your sins and mine. And let me tell you something. When I think about that, that should bring me joy. And joy, happiness is based on what you have, you have or haven't done, and joy is based on who Christ is and nothing more. Amen? So if you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. All right, so we're talking about these shepherds. So I got, I got three points. I'm, I'm going to fire these at you, okay? Fire, fire at you. Here you go. Here's number one right here. Here's what I know. The good news brings joy. Everyone look at your neighbor. Say, good news brings joy. Now let's take that one step further. The good news, the good news brings joy. Now tell your neighbor that. The good news brings joy. So what is the good news? We hear about that in Scripture all the time. Good news is this. It's, it's, we call it the gospel, right? How many love the gospel? Well, what is that, Pastor? That is the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is the good news to all believers, all right? And so we, we have to know that. And good news is this. 
good news is this, salvation from the grip of sin. Here's what happened. I was born into a sinful world. Man fell. Adam blew it. Adam and Eve blew it. And, and sin entered the world, a fallen world. And, and the Bible says this, that the wages of sin is death. Right? That's what it is. But the, but the gift of God, the free gift of God is what? Eternal life. And that is only through Jesus Christ, his son. So when we talk about uh, the good news, good news, good news brings joy. Amen. Everyone say, the good news brings joy. How many remember the day that you got saved? How many remember the day that God changed your life forever? Some of you guys were drug addicts. Some of you guys were uh, maybe homeless. Some of you guys were, were strung out. Some of you were lost, and you thought you had no hope, and then Jesus came along and changed your situation. You know, the joy is mentioned in the Bible 169 times. That's a lot. That's a lot to mention joy, right? And joy, the Greek, it comes from this Greek word called kara. Everyone say kara. And it means this, to be exceedingly glad. Somebody to be exceedingly glad. I don't know about you, but when I think about this, believers ought to be the happiest people in the world. Here's the thing. I'll say this. You know, somebody said this. I was. I don't. I don't want to call them out. Uh, who? Who? Somebody said this. You know, you, you can. You can shout in church. You can dance all you want. You can do all these things. But if love does not come from you, if joy does not come from you, listen. You need to check your source of what's making you shout. Oh, come on now. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. And those things, so joy is right there. So joy comes from a solid factor, an unshakable fact, and that is this, that my faith is in Jesus Christ and him alone. And the word, uh, the true joy burns within you and is not uh, dependent on external circumstances. It's not based on anything that I can do. The word rejoice, everyone say rejoice. I love this word rejoice. And, and, you know, and, uh, Paul says it, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. You know what that means? Joy and joy again. He's saying this, I give joy and I'm doing joy again because I, am, I have joy in the Lord. And it's sad that we often lose our happiness because things can make us happy. But the truth is, if it can make you happy, it can definitely make you sad. Right? But joy, on the other hand, is God-given and cannot be taken away by circumstances. You don't want to know why Christians, Brother David, you want to know why Christians can stand in adversity? You want to know why they can put a smile on their face? You want to know why they can praise God in the darkest situations? Because there is a joy inside of them. And that joy starts with the good news. David said it like this in Psalms 51, 12. He said, after he had committed uh, the sin with Bathsheba, he cried to the Lord. He said this, restore Unto me the joy of your salvation. God, restore unto me the joy that was there. Lord, I, I know I've messed up. I know I've made some mistakes. But, Lord, I need that joy again. And joy is exceeding gladness. Everyone say exceeding gladness. Someone show me some joy in the house. All right, good. Good. 
You know, it reminds me when Tristan told me she was pregnant the first time, I was excited. I'll admit, she said, uh, we're having a baby. And I was, I was, I was super pumped because I was ready to be a dad. And then the second one came along, Wyatt, and I was excited. And then the third time she told me that she was pregnant, I was a little taken back. Because I was not expecting that it took a little while, but the joy finally came. Matter of fact, when Tristan told me she she was crying, she was she long story long story there. And I'll never forget when 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 she was we were having Novak. We told our kids, we told them Zaley and Wyatt. We said, "Hey, we're gonna have another baby." And I'll never forget Wyatt's response. We were sitting at the kitchen table, and he goes, "Yeah." I don't know if he feels the same way now. And then Zaley goes. <laughs> and we said, Zaley, what's the matter? She said, how are we going to take care of another baby? She's got a lot of her dad in her right there. And I'll never forget, she, she sobbed. <laughs> and, you know, usually news of a baby brings excitement to parents, right? And to grandparents, it brings a lot of excitement, right? Come on, all you grandparents. When you hear you're having a grandbaby, you're like, woo Wish I could have skipped my kids and went straight to them, right? Come on, you're thinking it. You're thinking it. I know you are. Look at this. Uh, look at this. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I believe this angel is saying something very prophetic here. He is, he, he is saying something that transcends. It, yes, it, it, it meets the need of the shepherd, but it transcends to you and me today. Fear not. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. I love that. So imagine this. Imagine this, if you if you will. Imagine being a shepherd in that time. And so, just to give you a little 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 understanding of what what's going on, God in the Old Testament, he in, in Malachi, he he basically just stopped talking, and for four hundred years it was quiet. And some of you say, "Man, I felt like God hadn't talked to me for a day," and I felt like that that's a long time. But for 420 years, from Malachi, from 420 B.C. to approximately 1 A.D. in that area, it was quiet. No prophets, no more books in the Old Testament, just quiet. And after all this time, the silence, this angel of the Lord comes to you, a group of shepherds, and begins to tell you, hey, the Savior of the world is being born. You got to understand their understanding of this. They they were probably the least expected to be out there and probably somebody that didn't need to be there. And, you know, and here's the thing. This is what happens to us. You know what? If God doesn't speak to us for a week, man, we start to think that that something's really bad. Two weeks, you know, maybe a month. What about this? How, how many have ever got a job interview and it seemed like it took a long time for them to call you to give you an answer if you got the job or not? Some of you raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. But here's what happened. Uh, here's what happened. Imagine 400 years of quietness and the world stood poised to hear from God, just waiting. The Lord tells Mary, the Lord through an angel, and, and the Lord tells Joseph through an angel, and then he chooses this motley crew of shepherds to tell next. Do you ever stop and think, why in the world would he choose 
these shepherds? What was so special about them? Probably, uh, you know, shepherds were unlikely uh, witnesses of, of, of coming society. They, they were the outcasts of society. They were looked down upon. You're just a shepherd. You're just a this. You, you're not good enough. You, you only do that. Here's, you know, here's what we also know about shepherds is this. Their testimonies could not be used in a court of law. Did you know that? They were on the outcast of society. If they witnessed something, they couldn't even be a witness to, to something happening. Yet God uses these lowly shepherds, some of the VIP first access to the Messiah, to the Savior, Jesus Christ, to the Savior of the world. How many have ever gotten VIP tickets to, a, to, to something? You maybe went to a concert and you got to meet some people. Here recently I, got to, I went to a, a Christian concert and I got somehow got VIP tickets and I got to meet a couple of groups. And it was cool and it was amazing. And it was like, hey, nice to meet you. And they've already forgotten about me, but that's all right. But it was a cool experience. But here these, these shepherds get a front row seat to see the incarnate Son of God here on earth. It's amazing to me, undeserving. And so they get this good news of great joy. And here's what I know. God allows us, like these shepherds, the outcasts, the least qualified, to experience Jesus and to share this great message of the good news that God has given us. See, it's interesting to me because um, I never get talked I never get tired of talking about the simplicity of the gospel. The gospel is really simple. We overcomplicate it. We do. We overthink it. It, it is really, truly simple. It's, and here's the thing. It's always being challenged. People are like, it's, this is too tough. The, or, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be this easy. And we, we need to, uh, you know, make it, make it this. But here's what I know about the gospel. It is eternal and it is real. And it, it will go on. When I'm long gone and dead, it will keep going. How many know that the Lord's church has survived? Because people have spoken the good news. People continue to speak the good news. Matter of fact, I love this verse, Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Look at this, verse 10. This one's easy to overlook. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You may be saying, oh, man, that, it can't be that easy. Uh, surely uh, I have to earn my way. I, I've got to do this. I, but, but the truth of the matter is it's, we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. But it's a free gift that God gives us. Come here, Zaley. She didn't know I was going to do this. I want to show you something. I got something for you here, Zay. What did she do? She just took it. She didn't say, hey, Dad, can I have this? All I did was say, here it is, and I'm surprised it's not in her pocket already. But she just took it. And here's the deal. The gospel is that simple. God is saying, hey, I have this for you. And all we have to do is just receive it. She didn't beg me for it. I didn't make her spin around in circles to get it. I didn't make her jump up and down. I didn't, I didn't tell her she had to do anything specific. I just said, here, and she said, Whew. 
You can have that. <laughs> See, exceeding joy. All right, give her a hand. You don't earn it. It is the free gift if you'll receive it, all right? The good news of great joy is, is that Jesus took your place and he took my place on the cross, amen? And the world doesn't give that joy. And listen, there was an old song that said that. The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take that joy away because it was given by him, amen? Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise, amen? Number two, number two. Jesus changes everything. Man, when Jesus comes on the scene, things change. You look at Scripture, anywhere that Jesus was, things happened. People were, were changed forever. Look at this, verse 15. When the angels went away from, uh, uh, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I got to go see what in the world is going on. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And these shepherds went from watching their flocks to, to uh, uh, and they go from watching their, their flocks to finding Jesus in a manger in Bethlehem. Jesus, you know, and, and this is, he is the son of Jacob. He is the son of David. Well, what do you mean by that? He is of the lineage of Jacob. He is of the lineage of David. And, and, and Jesus being born there in, in Bethlehem would fulfill many, many, many prophecies. Bethlehem, everyone say Bethlehem. You know what Bethlehem means? It means house of bread, my kind of place. Come on, bring on the carbs, right? Bring on the carbs. House of bread is what that means. And I don't think that the Lord does anything by accident, but I believe that God put Jesus Christ, the bread of life, right there in Bethlehem, the house of bread, the lineage of David right there in that moment and in that time. So the good news of Jesus' birth, it brought hope into what seemed like an impossible situation. God has not been speaking, and all of a sudden the angel shows up. He tells these lowly shepherds after, after Mary and Joseph, hey, there is good news, and you got to get over and check out the Savior of the world. And this birth announcement of the Messiah you know, you know, put Herod on notice. You, you know the story, right? He got a little bit upset. He got a little bit, wait, who is this Messiah? Who is this person that's supposed to come up out of Bethlehem? And he got suspicious of this Messiah raising up and taking his position. But after the shepherds saw Jesus, you know what they had to do? They had to go tell someone about what they had experienced. Let me give you a good example right here. In John chapter 9, there's the blind man who was healed. And the Bible says this, that, that, that after Jesus healed him and, and he went to the, fear, to the Pharisees, and, and, and the Pharisees was like, you know, how do you know? How can you be healed because you don't keep the Sabbath? And they were, they were throwing all these details at him, and, and they said, you're a sinner. And you know what the blind man said? He said, I don't know if I'm a sinner or not, but what I do know is I once was blind but now I can see. I don't care what you guys think. I am experiencing this thing. It is real. 
And this is what happened. They kick him out. The Pharisees kick him out. They kick him out of there, and, he, and Jesus meets with him, and, and he asks him. He asks this, this blind man, he's, uh, formerly blind man, I should say. He believes in the Son of Man, and the blind guy goes, show me who he is so I can believe in him. And Jesus says, I am he. Listen to me. There is a lost and a dying world that needs somebody to show them the light of Christ, the love of Christ in this world right now. Now, you need to tell people the good news so that they can experience the same joy that you have. Amen? Oh, man, I'll never understand it, how God could take a black heart and wash it with red blood and make it white as snow. But what I do know is I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. When Jesus shows up on the scene, everything changes. Amen? Oh, I love that. Only Jesus heals the blind, the lame, and the sick. Only Jesus takes the man lunatic and makes him whole. Only Jesus makes the, uh, talks to the prostitute at the well and makes her whole. Only Jesus calls the dead uh, Lazarus to life. Only Jesus takes the sinner and makes them whole again. One name under heaven whereby men must be saved, and that name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say, Jesus Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. If Jesus changed you, come on, lift your hand. If he brought you out, come on, come on, look at that. If Jesus changes everything, he changes everything. So the shepherds go from watching sheep to telling everyone they can about the birth. So here's the last point, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come. The shepherd's joy spreads the good news. Once the shepherds realize what's happening, their joy about what they've seen and what they've experienced, they begin to spread the good news. Verse 17 says this, And when they saw it, they made known of the saying had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and had, had been told to them. So after this experience with Jesus, the shepherds could not contain it. That's what the scripture says. Is they, they had to go tell somebody. They had to let it out. Oh, how many sometimes you have good news and you just can't contain it and you got to get it out. Are you like me? I cannot keep a secret sometimes. I have to tell somebody. I've told this story here before. I'll never forget uh, when I was little. I don't know how old I was, probably 16. No, probably five or four. Uh, my dad got my mom a, a present one for a birthday. I don't know, Mother's Day, something. And I'll never forget. He got this, and I happened to be there when he hid this gift in the house to give to her. And it was, a, it was a sewing machine. Oh, it was a sewing machine. And I was so excited. And, I, I, and my parents will tell you this still to this day, he, I, I, that I could not keep a secret, never could keep a secret. And this is what happened. Uh, oh, man. And, 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 and my mom comes along, and I'm like, hey, mom. And she's like, what? And I said, I know something that you don't know. <laughs> she's like, oh, is that so? I'm like, yeah. 
we got you a gift. And she's like, oh, 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 okay. Well, you know, you, 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 let's, let's not talk about it. And I said, I'll give you a hint about what it's about. I said, it'll help you make a dress. She was like, oh, 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 man. And when my dad found out, man, he got, he got aggravated at me. I, I, I was a little guy. It's all right. Uh, but, but, the, the, but the good news could not wait. And listen to me. Listen to me, child of God. Listen to me, believer. Listen, you're in the season of joy because Christ came, and the good news cannot wait. You can't sit idle on your hands in this time. This is the season. I, I love that song, joy to the world, joy to the world. You know why joy came to the world? Because Jesus came to the world, and he is the Savior for all. And what was broken, he would come and he would fix. The shepherds were tasked to spread the good news in a place in place of the angels. The angels had done all the all, all the pre-work, said, hey, this is so you know. And the angels had done that. And then they Mary and Joseph and then the shepherds. The ones who who couldn't be a witness in the court of law. God uses the least to spread the gospel. Why the shepherds and not the angels? Well, here's the deal. Angels are heavenly beings. Unlike the shepherds had not nor will not ever experience the grace of God like humans. Angels don't understand why God loves us. Why, why do you give them grace? Why do you give them mercy? And God often uses the most unlikely, the most ordinary people to do the most extraordinary things. Nobody's special. Say, I, I'm not special. Good. You're perfect. God says, I, I've got a plan for you i got a purpose for you. And God wants to do the same with you to spread the good news of the gospel. See, it's amazing to me that God places the gospel in our hands and asks us to spread it. You know that? God has placed this gospel in your hands, and you are the ones that are carrying the gospel to spread the good news. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not likely to do that. And, 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 and when we spread this good news of great joy, things begin to happen. Look at this. Howard Thurman wrote this. And he, he put this very declaring thing that he said here is this. When the song of the angel is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the prince, princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. Listen to me right here. The, to find the lost to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nation, to bring peace among the brothers and sisters, to make music in the heart, and to radiate the light of Christ every day in every way, in all that we do, in all that we say, the work of Christmas lies before us. You thought this was going to be a message about Jesus Christ. It is. But God has put in us this us earthen vessels I don't deserve to carry this thing. And the gospel's not fragile, but God puts it in our hands and he says, hey, spread it. Tell somebody. Tell somebody about this. Nehemiah said it like this, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know what keeps me going in the dark times? You know what keeps me going? And, 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 and maybe you're here today. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with a little bit of, uh, of, of, 
some struggles in your mind, and maybe, you, maybe you're just in a low season, can I tell you something? The joy of the Lord will be your strength. And you know where that joy comes from? The good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ. You will find joy in, in the salvation and the grace of God. It will change you because Jesus changes everything. God turns my mourning into dancing. He gives me beauty for ashes. Come on. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Jesus changes everything. And here's the thing. When I experience that joy, you know what my first response should be? I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody about, about this Jesus. I got to tell somebody about this joy that I have. I got, I got to let them know. See, here's what happens. When I experience that joy, I have to share it. So and you've heard me say this, Emmanuel. We talk about that word. means God with us, right? God with us. And that's what it is. And, and Christmas is God with us. And the cross is God for us. And the resurrection of Jesus is God in us. One step forward. So, so when we look at Christmas, God coming to this earth, when we celebrate that, what we're saying is, hey, this plan came into action. And when the thing that I deserve, the wages of sin is death. All you got to do, you know what you deserve? Look at the cross. Bloody, beaten. Look how, how bad Jesus was, took your pain and your sorrow on the cross. That's what you deserved. The wages of sin is death. He paid the price. He said, I'll take your place. I'll, I'll foot the bill because I want to give you salvation and I want to give you joy. I'm here and I, 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 like the shepherds, not the most qualified. And everyone say, I know that, Pastor. You're not the most qualified. I understand that. But I am a person that has experienced the changing grace of Jesus Christ. And I'm a person that understands the joy of the good news and how it can change you forever. Amen. Listen to me. Let me, talk, let me tell you about the gift of salvation. Ephesians 2.8 says this. 8 through 10, it says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Simple illustration I gave earlier. It was a gift. It was a gift I gave Zaylee. Notice I gave it to my daughter and not any of these other heathen kids, right? Just kidding, I'm playing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. But then look at this. This next part of the scripture says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's what that tells me. Salvation is a free gift from God. And then when I receive that salvation, there's a transformation in me. And the good works begin to follow me. They don't save me, but I begin to do things because Christ has set me free. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? Lord, we thank you for this word today. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be reminded of the good news of great joy. <laughs> Lord, that the salvation message, God, may it not, not ever grow redundant to us, but God, may it become 
revitalized in our heart that that is the source of our joy, you and you alone. Nothing that I did is what you did on Calvary, and that brings joy to my heart. I don't deserve it, but you gave it to me anyways. If you're here today, you say, hey, Pastor, I hear you loud and clear. And I need to ask Jesus into my heart. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth, believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you, you will be saved. And I want to give you that chance today. Say, hey, Pastor, that's me with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If that's you, say, hey, I need to receive the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I need, I need that joy. Come on, just lift your hand. Anybody in this building right now? As we wait, Terry, just a moment. Anybody in this building right now? Just a moment as we wait. Come on, don't miss your moment today. Don't miss your moment today. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm just being responsive to the Holy Spirit at this moment. All right. Maybe you hear and you say, hey, Pastor. I need God to restore the joy of his salvation over me. And I need, I need some, some, a fresh touch of his joy. If that's you, Lord, would you lift your hand in this house right now? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Will you stand with me all across this building? God, I pray right now for those who need a little bit of joy in their hearts. God, maybe this is the season of, first season of Christmas without a, a loved one, and maybe they're feeling the weight of that. Maybe there's a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of depression has crept in in their hearts. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would fill that spot with the joy of your salvation in them. God, Lord, that you paid the price, the redemptive price for them, God, that they have hope. God, that salvation message gives hope to a lost and dying world. The reason you came to this earth, Lord, was for my sins and our sins. Lord, you paid that price, and God, for that, Lord, I can have great joy. God, and I pray right now, Lord, that they would receive joy. God, receive the joy of the Lord. Lord, right now, God, we just receive it. Come on, can you stretch your hands towards heaven and say, Lord, I receive that joy in this house today. God, I receive it. Come on, like, like Sula said, come on, begin to say it with your mouth. God, I receive a fresh touch of your joy right now. God, in this season of hustle and bustle, God, God, the joy that I have stems from the good news, the salvation of my heart, the redemptive work of the cross in me. God, I receive it. God, I receive it right now. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would pour out joy, God, on this house. God, joy on this house. Lord, we worship you. God, we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Come on, can you give Jesus Christ a, a hand clap of praise? Hey man, everyone smile at me. Show, show me you got the joy of the Lord, right? 
Uh, you know, I, I love that song. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know that song, you need to look it up and listen to it. Where? Down in my heart. It's here to stay. Amen. Everyone, everyone look at your neighbor and say, I got the joy. Stretch your hand this way. I do want to tell you tonight is our, our Christmas banquet. If you bought tickets for that, that'll be here tonight. They'll give you a little bit more instruction on that in just a moment. I don't want to mess up anything. So, all right. May the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on, give the Lord one more hand clap of praise.